This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. Joshua chapter 7. It reads like this, verse 1, But the Israelites acted unfaithfully in regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of them. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon, to the east of Bethel, and told them, Go up and spy out the region. So the men went up and spied out Ai. When they returned to Joshua, they said, Not all the people will have to go up against Ai. Send two or three thousand men to take it, and do not weary all the people, for only a few men are there. So about three thousand men went up, but they were routed by the men of Ai, who killed about thirty-six of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gates as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. At this, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. We heard last week um, Psalm 16, verse 3. Um, And we reminded ourselves who is our number one. Who is number one in our lives? Who is Lord of our lives? Or at least who should be. Ensuring that he is Lord, capital L, O, R, and D, and underlined. Ensuring that he is Lord of all things, of everything, is all important. And I guess we are only kidding ourselves if this is not the case. And you know in your heart, as well as I know in my heart, whether I'm trying to pull the wool over my own eyes. And you know the same for you. Is it real? Is it Is he the Lord of my life? Only you and the Lord know that. But I also want to encourage you to not feel like you've got to have one of those I'm a superhero of the faith moment. What do I mean by that? Don't put your briefs on the outside. Nobody wants to see that. But rather, we find ourselves going, oh yeah, he's at... (laughs) You know me. but rather we understand that there are moments in our life, that there are times in our life where we could easily say, where we can confess to each other, to one another and before the Lord, that this isn't always the case. He isn't always number one. Because naturally, life has a habit of taking hold, taking charge. And the world then can creep in, can't it? And it's so easy We all know, don't we, that if we have the very slightest of gap in our armor that we're told to put on, if we have the slightest of gap, then the enemy will drive a wedge in that gap and start hitting with the biggest hammer he can find. And all of a sudden, that small little crack becomes a huge, wide, gaping hole where we are defenseless, And the enemy can have a victory. Remember, as we have looked in our Bible study so far, as we've gone through Goliath must fall, that the enemy is dead, but he is still deadly. 
The enemy is dead, but he's still deadly. In the sense, he is a defeated foe. The end of your Bible tells you so. He is done. Finished. Completely done. The work of the cross was enough. But, as a snake without a head, he is still deadly. If you stand on those fangs, they will poison you. And I guess the truth is that that's the very last thing that any of us want, right? We don't want a gap in the armor. We don't want a wedge to be driven deep. So avoiding that and navigating through that, well, that's key for us in our walk with the Lord, to make sure that our defenses are up against the spiritual battle that's going and raging around about us. But firstly, I think as we've looked in at Joshua chapter 7, we can learn from Israel quite a lot. As they went out to attack a place called Ai, they were on the back of what can only be described of one of the most amazing victories over a place that had defenses that were impossible to penetrate. And they came to Jericho and the Lord said, look, all I want you to do is walk around the walls. Just do that. I mean, that's simple, yeah? I don't really need you to do anything other than be faithful. Step out in faith and I'll do the rest. And that's exactly what the Israelites did. They listened to God, they stepped out, they walked around the walls, the walls fell. And then right on the end of that, when everybody's so excited and so jubilant, then that is the moment then that the cracks begin to appear in the armor. Because look at what we've just done. Look at how good we are. And all of a sudden, the wedge is driven in and the hammer takes the first few blows. And the result of that then is that Achan decides that he's going to keep some of the things that they've got. The things that God said, do not keep anything. Bring it all to me. Achan decided, well, I'm going to have a little bit of that. So he kept a little bit. But Achan's not the only one who makes a mistake in the story because also Joshua makes a huge mistake because Joshua, for the first time, as we go through his history, as you can have a look, he decides that he's not going to ask God what he thinks about this little place called AI. He decides that look at what we've just done. Look how strong we are. Look how good we are. Look at what we've just achieved. And he decides that, well, only a few men are needed. It's not even a very big place. We've just taken Jericho. We got this. Hand on hip moment. I'd never do that, but... And, of course, that's exactly what then they go and do. They send out these 3,000 men, and you can see that they're, well, they're without armor, essentially. They are making a huge mistake. And then they decide that, well, these actually might be a bit stronger than we thought. Um, we might be in a bit of a mess. And all of a sudden, 36 men lose their lives. 36 fighting men lose their lives. And they come running back to Joshua in absolute dismay, discouraged, beaten. And listen at what they say. Bear in mind of what's just gone on, as I've just explained to you. It says in verse 5, 
as they, at this, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. See how quickly it turns. See how quickly it turns. It takes literally no time at all. The moment that we let our guard down, the enemy creeps in and decides he's going to have his way. Remember, he is a defeated foe, but give him foot room, give him a, a ledge to stand on in your life, and he will take you down. The good news is, is our God is much bigger. Amen? Now, if you're going to respond to anything, that was it, okay? So our God is much bigger, amen? Now, that means that we can apply all that he's shown us in his word. We can apply it to our lives on a daily basis, and we can navigate this thing called life and ensure that we don't make the same mistakes. Isn't that what, uh, what we should do? Isn't it that what we, we should avoid making the same mistakes? I don't know about you, but when I read Israel, I, I can find myself tutting. And then I just think, it's like the Lord goes, yeah, but you remember last week? <laughs> well, yeah, I do, Lord, but right now I'm judging Israel, all right? So bear with. <laughs> Nobody else does that, no, just me, okay. Of course, we don't judge. <laughs> but naturally, we fall into the same pitfalls, the same traps, the same things in our life. Sure, it might not be taking over a place called AI, but it doesn't take long before I think that I can do this by myself. And I'm sure you're exactly the same. And we fall into the same traps. So we've got, I've got three things that I hope that might, we might just be able to apply to our lives to try and avoid this wedge that can be driven between the gap in our armor. Firstly, when we look at this passage, what, uh, what do we learn? Well, I guess when we see that Joshua didn't go to God first, well, that's when really the issue started to happen. Sure, Achan did wrong, but that sin should have been dealt with before they went to Ai, because the truth is that Joshua should have gone to God. No ifs, no buts, no maybes. That's where he should start. Remember, Lord of everything. So if that's the, that's the case, then Achan's sin then would have been dealt with. But he didn't go to God. And the first one is this. Any process that doesn't start with God ends in disappointment. That's for you and for me in our daily walk with the Lord. Any process that does not start with God will end in disappointment. Because what we do is we try and do it on our own strength. And we find then that naturally we are lacking in, you're like me, every area. I know, it's terrible, isn't it? But we have to rely fully on God. This is... I guess, on every single level. The big stuff, the small stuff, and everything in between. That God's got it, and we have to go to him first before we start any process in our lives. Because naturally, we do not want things to end in disappointment. We bring it to God, and we say, God, is this the right thing for me to do? Now there, he might say no. Dare I say that's why we don't always take it to him? Because I don't like no. I just like yes. So I think, well, I'll, I'm pretty sure this is what he wants. I'm not going to ask him. I'm just going to go for it. And then it ends in terrible disappointment. The second thing is this. Remember the first. The second thing is this. If there is sin in the camp, 
then you have to root it out. That's really tough. Because again, I know that you're the same. And, and naturally, I like to think that everything's all good, you know? I'll allow you to judge me for a minute. And then we'll put, the, we'll put it back on yourselves. Because you, you all think that actually, I did all right last week, to be fair. That's because everything we're playing sailing. Take a week where Monday doesn't go well. And the judgment's back. Very good. Psalm 139, verse 23 through 24. Um, and I, it, this is me writing it down. We can have the word up behind us. Search me and know me. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Naturally, what um, the psalmist is writing here, that, you know, whatever's in here, Lord, make sure, because I like to cover it up. So make sure that whatever's in here, if it's not right, then Lord, deal with it. That's a brave prayer. Because I guarantee you that there are things that need to be rooted out. Let's go back a couple of weeks to John 15. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. And every branch that does bear fruit, what does he also do? Chops it as well. He prunes it. So naturally, there are going to be things in our life that need to be dealt with. Things that can get better that you, you know the situations, you know the moments in your own life, and that's a brave prayer. Lord, if there's any sin in the camp, if there's any sin in the camp, then let's root it out, because I want to do what you want me to do. And I know that you can't help me or bless me in this situation, even though you are faithful and you still do. I know that you cannot bless me to the fullest measure if I am holding on to things that are taking your place. 1 John 1 verse 9. Let's just read that. I can't, uh, I won't try and paraphrase that one. Has anybody got that one labeled in their Bible? I, I did it earlier, so it looks like I'm really good. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You see, the word is very clear that if we bring it to God, then he is good and he will deal with it. If we bring it to God, then he is good and he will deal with it. I'll say it again. If we bring it to God, he is good and he will deal with it. If we bring it to God, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If, if, I don't want to bring it all though mostly, do you? I don't like to think I've failed. We wrote down our biggest fears on Wednesday night. I'll confess mine to you now. Failure. It's only when you realize that it's not about you that that drifts away. Because we naturally, none of us want to fail. So if I say something and, and I confess that sin to God, it's like I've failed. Well, yes, you have. That's why you need a saviour. Amen? Yes, we have failed. But praise God, his grace is sufficient. Praise God, his grace is enough. Praise God that he sent Jesus Christ who was perfect, who didn't fail, so that all that that I've done can be dealt with. All that that you've done can be dealt with. This is the God that we worship. He knows that we're going to come up short, so he gave us a saviour. How amazing is that? He doesn't stand there in judgment and say, I told you, you're rubbish. No, that's not how he works. 
Rather, he said, here's my son. He is perfect. He will deal with the sin and the shame in your life. Just put your faith and your trust in him. And we as a church have celebrated that over the past few weeks. Hugo, I told you about Huggy. There's two people on the front row here who on Wednesday night, uh, Thursday night, asked the Lord. Tuesday night, wow, it's been a quick week. On Tuesday night, asked the Lord into their lives. Let's have a round of applause for Harriet and Clayton. Don't, don't worry, I promised them I'd embarrass them. So, <laughs> But you see, this is it. This is the joy that we have, that as we put our faith and our trust in him, then the guarantee is that we have the Holy Spirit and that one day we will see our Savior face to face, that that is our guarantee to our inheritance, that I'm on my way to glory. But in the meantime, in this life that I've got, we want to do things right. So firstly, any process that doesn't start with God ends in disappointment. Secondly, if there's sin in the camp, root it out. And thirdly, and this is a big one, because we want to make it about us. Our mission is the fame of Jesus Christ. Our mission is the fame of Jesus Christ. Joshua says in chapter 7 and verse, uh, verse 9, and let me read this to you because this is sad. Imagine that you've made such a mistake that Achan has taken what he shouldn't have taken and now you as leader of the camp have not rooted out that sin. You've not brought it to God. Rather, you've just gone on your own strength and your own back and you've sent these people out to go and do something that they're naturally going to fail at because God's not in it. Because if it doesn't start with God, it ends in disappointment. Verse 9. This is Joshua talking to God. The Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this and they will surround us and wipe out your name from the earth. What then will you do for your great name? Have you ever read that verse and thought, I mean, that just leaves me hollow inside. Are you joking? Are you joking, Joshua? Let me read it again to you. The Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this. What, your failure, Joshua? And they will surround us and wipe out your name from the earth, our name from the earth. What then will you do for your own great name? Joshua, mate, you're missing the trick. It's not about you. It's about God. And it's about his glory. And it's about his fame. And it's about him. And naturally, we as people, as we make mistakes, we go, God, what have you done? Look how bad it all is. Look at what a mess that I've made. And we go, God, this has got to be your fault. What are you going to do about your great name? Well, let me just tell you this, that the Alpha and the Omega has stood from the very beginning, before time, and it's, the Bible tells us it's the beginning and the end. I don't know whether you know this, but I'm going to share it with you. And don't let this be a dis discouragement. Let this be, I guess, passion in your bones. That it isn't about you. We, we've worked that out before. But if we're to think hard and long about what it is about and about what we can do and how we can serve the Lord wholeheartedly and how even in these moments when we fail so terribly, how do we get to a point where we grasp as Joshua is missing in this moment? Joshua had lost sight and how quickly the wedge then has gotten driven. And this is the point we cannot forget. God doesn't need us. He does not need us to do his work. He doesn't need us to do his work. Rather, he enables us and allows us.
Did you hear that? God doesn't need us to do his work. Rather, he enables us and allows us. And sometimes, even as we saw, um, again, I mentioned, I don't know whether I mentioned him last week, Jonah. And, and we saw that, you know, even in his discomfort and his, his hatred of where he was going to go, God still brought about a rescue plan for Jonah to rescue the people that he called Jonah to go and preach salvation to. God doesn't need us, rather he enables and allows us to do his work. And sometimes we forget what a privilege it is to be able to share the gospel with those around about us. Often we forget, almost like it's a chore. Like I've got to share the gospel. How uncomfortable does that make me feel? You know, I'm busy. I haven't really got time for it. I feel like I'm putting a lot of pressure on you now. But you know, we can drift and we can forget and we can think that it is, as Joshua did there in that moment, think it was about him and rather it's about God and rather it's about letting God have charge of all things. Philippians 2 um, and verse 13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. It's God that works in you. Lord, I know you're using me because of this, that, and the other. No, no, he's using you because his grace is enough. That even in your very worst, that God has decided that he can do something through you and he can bring about salvation's plan. Look at Paul, should we say Saul, persecutor of the church, on his way on the road to Damascus to go and find Philip and essentially do his best to get the man killed because he was preaching Christ. And God went, you're a sinner, and you deserve to die, but I'm going to meet you on that road, and I'm going to bring you life, and I'm going to rescue you, and then I'm going to use you to rescue thousands of people for generations to come because of what I'm going to do through you, Paul. Magnificent. Oh, God can't use you like that. Yes, he can. Oh, yes, he can. All we have to do is be open to what God has got planned for each of us. You know, and to do that, and to avoid the pitfalls of life that we so naturally come across, mostly on a Monday morning for me, we have to keep in his word. We have to keep meeting together. Again, Paul tells us, continue to meet together. Don't fall away like some are in the habit of doing so, as Paul tells us, but rather keep meeting together. Why? Because it's so important to share with each other, to share encouragement, to share life with each other, to love each other, to have the best interests at heart for each other. We have everything in common, remember, as we read in Acts chapter 3. And that all in common is Christ. Amen? That's what it's about. So let's keep meeting together. Let's keep sharing together. And let's keep giving this life-changing news of our wonderful Savior at whatever turn, whatever chance, whatever opportunity we get. Firstly, any process that doesn't start with God ends in disappointment. Secondly, if there is sin in the camp, root it out. And thirdly, our mission is the fame of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.